0: Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Mark Winters. Mark, are you ready to do this?
1: Let's do this.
0: Excellent. Let's, let's do this. Mark is a certified EOS implementer. He's a number one best-selling author. He's a keynote speaker. He is the visionary of Rocket Fuel Ventures. I'm excited to have you on. Mark, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. So
1: personal life, I'm a father of three boys, so I'm a boy dad, and I've had the the uh, wonderful pleasure of raising those guys and being their coach in youth sports, and uh, we've had tons of fun with doing that, and my wife and I have uh, uh, really enjoyed watching them grow up. Uh, my work is really about entrepreneurs and, and helping them get, get unstuck, sometimes get out of their own way, and uh, expand their unique version of freedom, whatever that is, uh, exponentially. And so I do work through Rocket Fuel on helping the visionary entrepreneurs uh, get coupled up with their amazing and important counterpart that we call the integrator. So I spend a lot of time these days thinking about working on helping folks with that.
0: Nice. Appreciate that. And you've been at this for a while. Um, the landscape of entrepreneurship, business ownership, startups, it seems like that's been really romanticized. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and 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 I think for good reason. How, how has how has that changed from from your perspective
1: well so that's a good question so when i first came out of uh undergrad you know, i worked for procter and gamble and i i sort of had this idea in my head that that basically was where i was going to retire and i literally had mapped out i was going to be the ceo of procter and gamble i had mapped out exactly what age I was going to be, how many people were going to have that role in between the time of you know, that time and the time I would get it and all this kind of stuff. And then somewhere along the line, I kind of figured out that the that picture didn't really look like I thought it looked. And it didn't look like maybe it had looked for you know decades before. And I saw people around me getting uh, you know, good people in their 40s getting sort of trapped in or stranded on, I guess I'd call it corporate island. And uh, they had kind of made that deal, or they thought they had, and now they're in their mid-40s, and all of a sudden the company's going, look, you have to move here. You have to uproot your family and, and, and all this stuff, and you have to go here and do what we say. Or you don't have to. You can you know leave. You can, you, you can lose your job. And that wasn't part of their plan. And so I just thought, man, that seems really dangerous. That seems really risky to kind of bet everything on some company that somebody else is in control of. And and so that's part of what led me to to sort of catch the entrepreneurial bug, I think. And, you know, I think, you know, you meant you use the word romanticized. Uh, of course, you know, people read about all the good stuff that happens and the big wins that seem to happen out of nowhere. And, and you know, somebody looks at that and they think, wow, that, that was easy. That was easy for that entrepreneur to kind of hit it big and, and cash in or whatever. And, you know, for, unfortunately what they don't see uh, is all of the time that probably – Went into that and all the pain and suffering and sacrifice and and all of that. So it's certainly a it's certainly a challenging road for those that that choose to take it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. That's interesting. I were, were you like like early twenties and you've got your notebook out and you're like, okay, I'll be CEO when I'm you know fifty. And before that happens, there's going to be. 12c whatever literally
1: literally (laughs) I I wish I could find the piece of paper but it was I kind of looked at the levels in the corporation because it was a very clear structure you could kind of figure it out and you could figure out all right so each person needs to stay in this level for you know between this many years and that many years and so if I go as fast as possible if I kind of hit all the, the the limits on my way up this is how old I will be okay here's the dude that's in there right now and he's this old you know he'll retire here there'll be another one here. And then there's my slot. And I literally had, I think I was age 40. I was going to be age 43 and, uh, I forget what, what year that was, but, uh, yeah, I wish I could find that piece of paper, but I literally did have it all, all written out.
0: Yeah. So w- was, was that was, was going to work at PNG that, that had to be a big deal, right? That's not easy to, to get in there.
1: It seemed like it. Uh, you know, I, I just did on campus interviewing out of the University of Oklahoma, and uh, just kind of talking to my 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 buddies. It seemed like I got a pretty good deal coming out in terms of you know what I was getting paid and the opportunity. And you know, people talked about uh, the training was going to be fantastic, and I was going to learn so much. And there's things I learned there. Uh, you know, probably a little bit different than what I expected, uh, but. Uh, yeah, it seemed like, you know, I landed the, the plum gig, uh, you know, when I was on my way
0: out. And so you were there for how long again?
1: Uh, six years.
0: Okay. Six years. And then you just recognized, okay, great company, but.
1: Yeah, so, so uh, it, I went back to graduate school at the University of Chicago. And so I was literally every weekend I would fly from uh, fly into Chicago and spend all day Saturday. So my day on Saturday lasted from about 4 a.m. until about midnight. Hmm. Uh, and in, while in business school, I'm sitting in a class. I remember it was uh, the strategy and tactics of pricing. Great class. And we're doing you know, team projects or whatever. And so uh, I'm sitting there one day, and you know, these teams are coming through, and one team has this widget that they've uh, created that. Uh, you know, here's the market for it, and they can sell it for this much, and it's going to cost them this much to make, and this is how many units they think they can move, and so here's how much they're going to make. And then the next team, they've found some unmet service need out there, and here's the demand, and here's the price they can sell it for, and here's how many they think they can move, so here's how much they're going to make. And I thought, man, that's just so much more interesting than what I'm doing at P&G, where I'm basically in the grocery business, and my future looked like just more and more bigger grocery business, right? You know, bigger, <laughs> bigger accounts and whatever, even though I'm on my path to be CEO, uh, that's, that's kind of the game that, that you're in. So I had those thoughts kind of in the back of my mind. And then I'm seeing what these people are doing on the entrepreneurial front. And it's like, I got to do this. Uh, this is, this is the move I need to make. And then, uh, you know, it's a pretty interesting story. I, I actually drew the conclusion that, you know what? I've got a lot on my plate with p and G. I've got I'm still in business school. I wasn't out yet. And if I'm really serious about this, if I'm really going to make this move, then I kind of need to burn my boats. I kind of need to really commit. And so I quit P&G, you know, which was sort of uh, unheard of and uh, and unexpected and uh, and just set off and and did it. And, uh, you know, that led to now, I think, 14 different companies that I've either. Started myself, bought from somebody, shut down or sold off and all different kinds of industries, uh, all different sizes, all different, you know, degrees of success or failure. Uh, so yeah, it's been quite a, quite a, quite a ride.
0: Nice. Yeah. I appreciate that. So through all this experience and now you've worked with, with thousands of, of, of other companies with EOS, um, or hundreds, lots, um, Is it enough just to have a great idea or how how often do you see this amazing idea and then it just doesn't go anywhere? I love that you said that. So yeah, so
1: ideas are frankly a dime a dozen and uh, most visionary entrepreneurs have drawers of them just sitting there, not doing anything but gathering dust. And so, you know, in my experience, it's the execution side of that. It's the ability to take that uh, that napkin, that whatever, and actually go execute on it and make it happen. That makes all the difference. And so, yeah, that's that's the scarce ability, the scarce you know commodity out there in the marketplace is actually being able to make it real.
0: Yeah, and you know, as, as I said, that you you realize probably everybody that I know and everybody you know probably has had some kind of an incredible idea or it's just a a new product or, or, or a better way to do something, but for a million different reasons, probably ninety nine point nine nine percent that never comes to fruition because it is the execution of it. And that's really what that's really what, what, what you're all about.
1: Yeah. I mean it's frustrating. For as a as a visionary entrepreneur myself, you know, I've got things that I'm like I drew that up, I wrote that up, and then I didn't do anything, or I wasn't able to do anything, and then I saw it actually happen. You know, one I remember was back in, actually in business school, I, which would be the early 90s, I had the idea of combining a printer, a fax machine, and a copier. Nice because I had in my office, I had three <laughs> big separate machines. And I thought, that's stupid. These things all basically have the same things inside them. Why can't we put that all into one? And then I just kind of scratched my head. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that, what? you know, but, but, but I can see the need. Right. And, and so, yeah, so the visionary that can see that need and then the, you know, the integrator, the, the, the execution oriented resource that can make that happen, that's a that's a killer combination.
0: So tell me a little bit more about that 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 that, that term. So the visionary is the person with the idea. That's oftentimes the founder. And then this integrator is is, is the controller or the chief operating officer, the, the person who drives everything.
1: Yeah, so think about the visionary. A lot of times they're the founding entrepreneur, but they're the one that has that entrepreneurial seizure and says, Yeah, let's, let's they, they, they burn the boats, they make the jump, they, they see the opportunity, and they make the leap in some form or fashion. And there's a certain amount of uh, comfort with risk that they have to have, right? So they can deal with uncertainty. They, uh, you know, they, they feel like even if this thing crashes and burns, I'll be able to, you know, rebuild it, rise from the ashes, whatever. And the integrator's not wired like that. But, you know, the integrator, they are able to make things happen. They are able to get things done. And, and frankly, they kind of need that juice. They need that idea. They need that vision to give them something to work with. Uh, so they're really different. And, and, you know, left to their own devices, they can be really kind of uh, combative and, and really frustrate each other. There's a lot of natural friction there. But when we see an entrepreneurial company that has both in place, uh, you know, they can, they can do magic. And you use the, the the title, you know, COO, uh, you know, and when you kind of think about it in terms of traditional titles, you know, the visionary may be often the, the owner, the founding entrepreneur, maybe the CEO, uh, chairman. Sometimes they you know, a lot of different possibilities there. The integrator, a lot of times, we'll find them as the COO, the general manager, maybe the president. Uh, maybe the head of operations. So there's different titles, but as you know, titles can be really misleading and confusing. Confusing. So we really like to focus on just the functional description. Of here's what they do, right? And so the visionary generates the ideas, the integrator takes that and works in partnership with them to then orchestrate execution harmoniously through and between all the different functions of the company to make it happen, make it real out there in the world.
0: I I, just based on what you described it, it, you, you probably can have one without the other, but if you do, you're probably leaving so many efficiencies on the table and you're probably never going to reach that total potential.
1: Yeah. So if you, you know, it's most common in my experience that you'll find a visionary without an integrator and what they're doing is they're kind of filling both roles and they're usually not doing the integrator role very well so they're you know they can do their visionary thing but they're trying to do this integrator thing they're not doing it well so they're frustrating their people they don't like to do it so they're frustrating themselves and all that energy is frankly coming away from what they could be doing as a visionary so it's just all suboptimal, right and integrator on their own typically they didn't start a company right because they they don't, they don't really feel that so they they probably didn't do that they may have inherited one uh, or been left with one in some way, and, and, and then they're kind of there by themselves, and, and their success uh, is gonna be a function of how much visionary their business really needs. So if it's the static, flat, simple business, uh, they may be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's a dynamic, growing, uh, rapidly changing, lots of complexity, uh, lots of different opportunity and, and risk out there on the horizon, they're probably not going to be in in as good a spot as they would be if they had a, a, an effective visionary that was part of their team.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Like any great relationship, right? That's right. And we spent a lot of time and I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the numbers are for, for online dating and matchmaking, but I bet it's, I bet it's a trillion dollar industry at, at this mm-hmm. point. So it's easier said than done to find your perfect match or mate. How, how, what, if if, if if i'm a visionary and i don't have one if i don't have an integrator or vice versa like wh- how 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 do you figure that out so
1: so first i want you to think about a construct i, I talk about as the three piece puzzle okay so the the first two pieces are the visionary and the integrator themselves and and think of the edge where they connect and we've got to understand the shape of the, those edges, right? So start with really the visionary because typically they're the one that's initiating the search because they're they like that example, they're, they're doing both uh, and they're feeling it. And so it begins with the visionary really looking at themselves and going, all right, who am I? What do I want? Uh, what do I really like to do? What do I not really like to do? What am I really great at? What am I not so great at? And really kind of building out the shape of that edge Uh, and we have an assessment to help do this profiling companies can help you understand parts of this, right? But it's about looking at themselves and really understanding the shape of that edge. And then from there, the other piece of the puzzle, the third piece is the business itself. And so we talked about how much vision does a business need? We can kind of do the same thing with, uh, how much integrator a business needs. And, And talk about these as the, the visionary spectrum and the integrator spectrum. And on the integrator spectrum, you know, it can be, you know, really we just need kind of project management. We just need kind of simple, you know, focus on execution sort of on a smaller scale, uh, which is still a form of integration, kind of pulling the different players together to, to make it happen. Or, again, it may be a big global, multi-discipline, multi uh operation kind of a business that the integration puzzle that for them looks a lot different. So you got to understand where they are on that spectrum. So if I understand my visionary, I understand my business and the shape of those edges, we kind of back into what we're looking for for that integrator puzzle piece, right? That's going to fit right in and, and give us the best solve. And, of course, the question is, uh, you know, typically when I'm talking to a visionary and they read Rocket Fuel, they read the first chapter. It's all about them. They love that chapter. And then, they, and then they read the second chapter and it's about the integrator. And they kind of go, hmm, that, that kind of makes some sense to me. I think, I think that would help me. And then they go, great, how do I find one? And candidly, that's when it gets hard. And so they've got to go through this exercise to, to understand those shapes, understand the gap that's missing. And then they've got to figure out how they're going to pursue it. One option is there are recruiters out there that have really begun to focus their practice specifically on finding integrators. And so, you know, if you want to spend the resource to get somebody to help you that does that stuff all the time, that's a a great way to go. But short of that, it's really about getting the word out and, you know, leveraging your professional network and, and those that you're connected to and say, hey, I'm looking for an integrator. Here's what they look like, and we've got a you know a sample job description of one, uh, you know, to kind of give people a, a good start with that. And what we see is a lot of uh, sort of grassroots connection being made like that, just by putting the word out. This is what I'm looking for. This is what they look like, and then somebody will go, well, hey, I I know one of those. Here, you should talk to so and so, and kind of makes it makes it come together. Um, a couple other options I should mention, you know, one is. There's the 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 idea of a fractional integrator, and you know fractional professional services have been around and really growing for a while. And uh, you know when we when we released the book Rocket Fuel, uh, sort of a cottage industry sprang up around fractional integration. And and it's you know maybe I can't afford a full time integrator, but I can afford one day a week. And maybe that helps me. Maybe that gets me started. Maybe that gets me to get some of the benefits of, uh, you know, what this can bring to to our company. And sometimes that's sort of like dating. Yeah. So we start off one day a week, and uh, you know, it feels good. This is working. So let's let's grow it to three days a week, and then maybe we finally grow it all the way to you know what? You're you're the full time person that should be, uh, you know, should should be in this role.
0: I love it. We're going down the aisle, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, Mark Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them?
1: So I think the big, big thing is you need to know who you are. So are you a visionary? Are you an integrator? So I'd take those assessments and, and kind of figure that out. And then once you know, uh, you, know, you got to find out, find your, find your ideal complementary counterpart, whichever one you're not find that other one, because then when you've got that duo together, that's when you're really going to be able to, to go change the world
0: like that is great stuff that definitely gets come on come on that's that rocket fuel come on That, (laughs) that is the rocket fuel when when uh when when you find both of them i love it well mark uh thank you so much for coming on um where can savage nation learn more about you where can they find the assessments that you were talking about
1: yeah, so go to rocketfuelnow.com as the website for all the rocket fuel stuff and assessments and other resources that can help you are there. And on, if you want to find me, pretty much uh, any of the socials at Mark C. Winters, Mark C. Winters, and uh, that's pretty much any platform you can get to me that way.
0: Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Mark your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, business owners that you know. Go to rocketfuelnow.com, check out those assessments, and pick up a copy of the book as well. I imagine anywhere that sells fine books. So there you go. Thanks again, Mark.
1: Awesome. Thank you, George. Great to talk to you.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social.